All right, so I'm here with uh, the legendary Sean Adams. Sean, thanks for being on today. Oh, happy to do it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be fun. You are the first video guest, and I could not have picked a better person for it with that that, that I don't hair. Know how about that? It'll go horribly awry, and the hair will just get flat. It'll Probably. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and make it. We'll try and make it short so we can keep the hair up. Okay, right. All right. So I recently completed your class on Lynda.com, uh, Foundations of Graphic Design History. It was a fantastic oh, class. Yeah, thank. You. Yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, less than a, than uh, a week later, I was at the Cooper Hewitt drooling over. Uh, everything that I can get my hands on. I remember uh -huh. there there was this 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 uh, younger girl was there. She was staring at me, and I was looking at the the Paul Rand um, the um, the the light bulb packaging, and I was looking at that. Right. And I remember the girl was looking at me like, "What are you looking at?" I was like, "Look, take Sean Adams' class, and you'll and you'll know everything you need you'll to know." You'll get it. You'll understand why this is so good. The importance. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it didn't it didn't get you any dates. No. Like the, no. The Paul Rand piece. No, no, no. But uh, anyway, but uh, when you're teaching your students, how do you try uh, to convey to them the importance of, of design uh, history and how that affects everything around us that we see today? You know, the, the reason I push so hard on it, it's not just because I'm, I'm a total history geek, which I am, but the, it's sort of like if you were going to be a great writer, you would go to college and they would make you read books, right? I'm assuming you would be forced to read Dickens and Twain and, you know, contemporary work. But if you don't, if you're a designer, we see things. The more stuff you see, the more you have a visual vocabulary that's bigger and bigger and bigger. And you need to understand the history of the work so that you can say, wow, that's like that incredible Malevich, you know, or, which I did actually this morning. I was talking to someone about tension in their work, and I said, like, think of those Malevichs with, like, the, the squares and little circles. And, and she said, oh, you're right, you're right, I totally get it now. And um, so it's about that broadening of your vocabulary so that you have this sort of large reference pane to pull from. Um, and it's not about copying. It's not like, oh, I'll remember the Paul Rand stripe thing and then I'll just copy Paul Rand. But I, I'm all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm working on a package. Wait, I don't have to stick to one side. Hey, Paul Rand, wrap the whole damn thing. I will too. Right. That's, that's very true. Um, last week, I talked to Todd DeWitt, who is also an author, at, uh, an on-air author at lynda.com. And we, did talk, we talked about how um, sites like Lynda are changing the education landscape and the way that designers and uh, business professionals alike learn new skills. Um, what have you witnessed with your students and, and with people that you work with in your day-to-day -day life in terms, of um, using the, uh, in, in terms of using like Linda or LinkedIn? Yeah. Um, the thing that I, that I really like about it, I, I see it with my students, but you know, you know how you're never a hero in your own hometown. Right. You're sort of like, um, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, God, you know? Um, but, um, I see it more when I'm when I'm out doing a speaking engagement somewhere um, else in the country, and I, I get so many people that come up to me and say, "Wow, I learned so much. I'd never thought of design this way. It totally opened my mind." Or even better, I really decided I needed a design education that that it wasn't enough just to like you know try it myself in Word, um, and I, that's that means so much that you can talk to someone and and. They, it's just access. It's like these people are amazing designers, but there's nobody in their town that does graphic design. I mean, it was the same way with me when I was in high school. Nobody even knew what it was. I mean, I, I was like, I like dealing with type and words. And my art teacher was a ceramics person. And, and she was like, I don't know what the hell that stuff is. Is that advertising? I don't know what it is. And um, So it's, it's great to give them that access to that kind of information. Uh, they... Um, 
strangely enough, they do get it. I, I feel terrible at class sometimes. I'll like like yesterday or on Friday we were talking about the golden rectangle, and and I said, oh, you know what? Here, just watch this. <laughs> just play, you know, my session right. on the golden rectangle, and you sort of feel like bad teacher because you're just yeah. like. Hey, watch my videos. I'm not about but they've got visuals. They have animations. They do so much better than than I could in real life. Um, yeah, for sure. But they get it faster. Even three minutes of the video, and they understand it, as opposed to me standing at the board drawing for two hours. Right, and and I think it too. I, I've seen it because um, I'm in college right now, and I see it. Um, and and a lot of like the senior level classes, like you know. Um, the, the other day we were in a web design class and, and usually I think that they would kind of be going over the nuts and bolts of web design, but somebody asked, you know, how do you run a, a semplice theme uh, with, with WordPress? You know, the one that Tobias Van Schneider made, right. you know, how, how do you, how do you, and the, the professor was just beside himself. Cause like, we're working on CSS style sheets here and right. these people are already so far ahead. So that's kind of cool. They're jumping ahead. Yeah. And that's a great thing when, when, and I, you know, I mean, here at Art Center, they, their first year, they, the, there are a lot of Linda.com courses. Because they have so much to learn, and it, it would just be a huge waste of time to, to you know, say I'm going to spend a whole term dealing with teaching someone InDesign right. when we could be talking about concepts and ideas. Um, and unfortunately, it's like, well, go home. You're going to have to learn it on your own. Watch Lynda.com, and yeah. you'll get there. Yeah, um, that's fun though. I, I enjoy Lynda.com. Yeah. It's, I've kind of replaced it with uh, with Netflix. Anytime I sit down to a, to binge watch, you know, another. Another season of Breaking Bad, I say. I could, I could be taking a Sean Adams <laughs> class or whoever. Yeah. So. I can learn something useful. Um, I use it myself. I mean, last week I was using it just to look at um, um, sociotexture stuff. Like, I was like, what are the interactions between, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter? And and I was like, I, I just play a course on that. Let me find that. Yeah, and there is. There is always a there course is. that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm graduating and coming up in June. I could have been a doctor with how long I was in school. Thank you very much. Um, there's one thing I learned, I, we kind of, the, um, the senior level people and the, and the freshmen, they kind of get mixed together, but it creates an interesting dynamic there. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I, that I realize is, is that a lot of people when coming in to the college classroom to learn about design, they feel, well, if my work can be, can be identified, um, or if they could tell that's my, my style, um, right. that, that, that would, that would mean that I'm a good designer, but leaving, um, it's oftentimes the most, the people who, the students who could make the most unexpected solutions, um, are, you know, are, are each client they can do kind of differently. Um, mm-hmm. they, they come off as the most talented to me at least. I mean, you know, these are all yeah. generalizations, but, um, but I really think it's about kind of putting themselves in, it's not so much about having a style, but it's about putting, being able to put yourself in the shoes of the client, so to speak. And, Really doing the research and, and finding that genuine inspiration. Um, and I, I again, to, to uh, mention Tobias, I read an article today and he was talking about that. That's kind of where I got the idea from this question from. Because I like to do my questions last minute for this podcast. It's a, the, That's good. An overall theme here. I like to here. think of them last minute too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but what, what's your opinion about, about having a style? It's a conversation you hear a lot. It's kind of cliche in the design world, but it's... It's an interesting one. Is it better to to have a style or or to just have a wide range? I mean, what's your opinion? I the way that I look at it is that you're you have a life experience that only you have. Like no matter what, there you're in the entire world. You're of all the seven billion people, the only one that has had that experience that has made you who you are. That's going to come through your in your work, regardless if you want it to or not. It's going to somehow you, the 
the things you believe in, the principles that you hold that you're, you hold strong to, are going to show up. I mean, if you believe the world is a scary, messy place and you're you know you hate it and it's terrible, that's gonna your work's gonna reflect that. Um, if you believe like, wow, I can make design help people and do good and um, and make things easier, well, it'll probably be easier to understand and more legible. There's going to be choices, aesthetic choices, based on, on your experience. So I don't think you can do work without having a style. Mm -hmm. But I, it's not a style as much as like a veneer uh, or icing on a cake. It's, it's more of understanding what drives you and what your passions are and letting that come through in the work. But at the same time, really looking at the projects themselves and saying, what can I do to make this the best possible version of this thing? Not how can I paint on top of it right. and make it pretty or groovy, which I think is the worst possible trap a designer can ever fall into is to try to be cool. I just think it is a, it is, you are on the road to hell. Like there is <laughs> no way you will never ever be the coolest person in the room the minute you get out of school, like five, you know, two years later, there's going to be people that are cooler than you. So if you're always on the march, like I got to do something even groovier, I'm going to do something even cooler. I'm going to find that typeface that's even cooler. Good luck with that. It just ends up looking desperate. Mm -hmm. And you know, I always say like desperation is not pretty in a bar at two a.m. and it's not pretty in graphic design. It's it's true. Sort of like <laughs> just like just do the work and solve the problem, but but at the same time have an understanding of why you do it. Like, why are you a designer? What do you believe design can do? Um, I, I work with the, the graduating students here, and, and really a lot of it is to help define them as an artist and say, well, what separates you from the guy down the street? Well, it's your experience. And what is it you believe in, in terms of design? Should it be uplifting? Should it be mysterious? Should it ask questions? What are things that, you know, you follow on? Right. And, and then let that sort of be a background to a guide. Um, I think I made a mistake when I was in college that I was convinced there was just one style that was cool and, and just leapt all over it. And it was after I was out of school for about five years that I realized what a, what a loss that had been. That I had, I had, because I had rejected so much other work that now I look at and think is unbelievably great. And if I had just suspended judgment for a little while and not been this is good, this is not, this is good. This, if I just said, hey, maybe it's all good. What if right. I just open up my mind and say, maybe, you know? And yeah. um, it, it, it drives me nuts. I feel like I lost five years of, of looking at great work because I was so close-minded about it's not cool enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely the case. And um, I, I think that also, just just that, I wasn't even planning on saying this, but I, I think that um, that you are successful in that because I think that... that um, I first found you on Linda, and and then and then I discovered your work afterwards, and uh, I got in trouble many a times at, at my last job for, uh, you know, scrolling through your your thing when I was supposed to be working, but uh, but, but but your style uh, kind of is is reminiscent of of your personality. You're you're very you know very kind of fun and and an out there person, and I think your design is kind of the same with lots of oh, overcropping. Thanks. I like it. Lots, kind of, of, yeah. lots of big scale things, much like your personality. So I just figure if, if you're gonna make it big, make it huge. If you're okay. gonna make it small, make it tiny. That's true. Don't I, go anything in between. I use that all the time. I really and, and from that uh, that was from um, your composition course. About, right. I think about, I point that there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I do that I on business cards all the time. Com, but 
you don't want to do pussy design. Yeah. You, you can say whatever you want. Out. This is, this is, yeah. say what you then want. They're like, no, don't say that. You can't say that. I'm like, you can say whatever like, you want. No, man. you're pussing out. Come on. Like, yeah. Make it big. Yeah. Designers should be brash. There's, there's some, there's this thing yeah. like where it's all like PC. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I, I go to these events and it all seems so like, oh, how, how are you? It should be loud and proud. Right. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, enjoy life and live it and yes. just be out there. All the good designers that I've met, they're all crazy. So, so We are all crazy. I mean, yes. granted, thank you for the compliment, but yeah. I will say <laughs> that the group of friends that I have that are well-known designers, not only are we all nuts in our own weird way, but they are the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like Absolutely. they are all for everyone thinks, oh, famous designers are just going to be assholes. They're just going to be like all snobby. It's the opposite. Yep. They are the, always the ones that are the first to say, hey, can I help you? What are you doing? Yeah. It's the it's a, it's sort of another level of people that I find are the snobbiest, the ones that yeah. are, maybe don't have the right to be. That you're yeah. like, why are you being such a jerk? Like, you know, yeah. hard is it to give back? Absolutely. And I, I think that, uh, Michael Beirut said it. I quote Michael Beirut all the time, but he's a good person to, he's quote. Good to quote. I, do, I seen, like to quote him too. I've seen every YouTube video. It's getting. He needs to put out more material. I'm I'm caught up. Yeah. I'm ready for the next right. season of Michael Beirut. But uh, he said that um, just remember when you're out. It, it was like any advice to young designers, and they always kind of have like the same cliche answers. Um, his advice was remember that nobody normal goes to art school, and I agree wholeheartedly right. with that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I. I Sort of follow that with the thing that is this that makes you strange, weird, and dorky is the thing that makes you amazing. Right, that's very true. Um, okay, um, one of the, one of the things that I love about Burning Settlers Cabin, I think I might have mentioned this before, is is your blog. Um, it's not as polished on the blog. Let's just say that. Thanks. Talk, talk, speaking of being brash, um, uh, one of the, one of the things that I um, that I love about it is is your uh, your collections of books and you will often display and edit them which i think is kind of funny because mm -hmm. i would do the same you know adjusting right. and colorizing um i found it fun this is a funny quote that i found uh, uh i've i've been cleaning out books lately there are many duplicates and books i've read i tried donating them to goodwill but they would don't accept books um i considered making a pile of books on the driveway setting them on fire and yelling burn hateful ca uh catcher in the rise satan book mm -hmm. Right. But my neighbors already are wary of me, so I, I didn't. That's a classic. Yeah. So, so if you haven't been to his blog yet, if that doesn't make you want to go, I don't know what will. Right. One of the books you had in there was uh, – bear with me. This all segues together. Um, okay. One of the books you had in there was uh, Walt Disney World and the Epcot Center 1987. And you have uh -huh. a lot of other posts about um, Disney. The pictures are fantastic. They're so oh, great. I love them. I really do. Um, and I too am infatuated with all things Disney. I recently went mm -hmm. back there um, this summer. My girl, uh, uh -huh. fiance's, fiance's. Oh, congratulations! Sister. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to get it all underway. You know, as quick as I can. Right. But yeah. uh, her sister lives in uh, in Florida, and I went back, and it was the first time since I was a kid, and it was just as incredible. Uh, I, and I I kind of took it in on the one hand, enjoying Disney World, and on the other hand, on the other hand, you know, trying to define the brand experience. As most right, designers yeah. do, it's kind of it's nice. It's like I appreciate little things about it, but um, but why is it that so many designers love Disney World? I've heard um, Ron Burge on Design Matters was talking about how he would carpet bomb them with uh, with resumes, and and they all love Disney World. What is it about Disney that that's different than other brands that we are all so obsessed with? I mean, it's a really good question. I, I'm 
I, the funny thing is, I mean, a story, I, I was, um, I'd invited some friends out, I'm not going to name names, but they're like, you know, very well-known designers and very, very serious, serious, like hardcore kind of New York designers. And they were in LA and I said, look, let's go to Disneyland. Your kids have never been. And they were like, oh, we don't do that. We're not those kind of people. That's not our thing. And, you know, they're... The thing is, I guess I thought, oh, it's going to be some cheesy amusement park, you know. And I'm like, no, 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 let's try it, let's try it. They loved it. I mean, they actually, they came back, like, for a visit a few months later just to, just to do Disneyland for, like, three days. Um, and I think as designers, we like it because it's so incredibly visual um, and immersive, but it's smart. It's not slapped together. You know, it's, there's all these unbelievable little um, tricks that are that are running through visually that... I think we notice, like civilians don't tend to notice, gee, the, the body color on that building and the trim then match the tri- building next to it. The, the trim dictates the building next right. to its body color. And matching and printed dumps. materials. Yeah, and <laughs> gee, all the signs are exactly on the same level um, on Main Street. How does that, you know, little things like that, that or yeah, you're, I mean, you know, like designers, yeah. we're spending time taking pictures of signs and everyone else is taking pictures of their families, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, it's partially that, and it's just um, good storytelling, you know. It's sort of amazing storytelling, and I'm, I'm always wary of designers that are like, I, I, it's not my thing, I refuse to go. I mean, I'm fine if you're like, yeah, you don't want to go, and it's like, but to discount it as irrelevant makes no sense. It's mm-hmm. the num- Disneyland and Disney World are the number one and number two tourist attractions in the entire world, and they've been that way forever. Why would you ignore something that has that much popular culture, cultural appeal if we traffic in popular culture? It right. just seems, right. I mean, at least get to understand it. I mean, if you want to hate it, be my guest, but at least recognize this is a viable point to look at. Right. And I think, too, um, that's kind of an interesting point because, you know, it, it's about um, leveraging from the from the best and and. Why is it that so many people, you know, we talk about, you know, like learning from, from Disney and, and from the, all the great people who, you know, that those are the very best designers, the very best architects. Um, mm-hmm. Why is it that people, I don't want to, I keep making generalizations here, but why is it that, that designers are, are so set out to kind of go at themselves and I don't want to visit Disney World, I've seen it all, I, I know it all. Why is it that it seems more like, they're like designers are like that as opposed to... Um, you know, le- leveraging from the grades and reading the, the books that, uh, you know, people provide? You know what? I have no idea. I always find that completely mystifying why someone is resistant to go back and spend some time looking at Saul Bass and his career. Um, I, I've had students actually say to me, but it's old. Why does it matter? And I just think, how could you lose all of that amazing, great work just to ignore it under some mistaken concept that you're going to come up with something completely original and never thought of before, which is not going to happen. I mean, yeah. let's face it. We're all just basically ripping past. Yes. At least know what you're ripping off. Like, have some sense of what you're doing, that it's not just arbitrary, like, oh, I've, I didn't realize I was ripping off Paul Rand, you know? Um, right. So it, it never really makes sense to me. I, I mean, the, the, I mean if, someone like Michael Beirut, if you talk to Michael... Mention a piece, and he will say to you, "Oh, that's page one fifty-eight on the, in the Tibor Kallman book." Yeah. I mean, he knows exactly what book has what page and what's going on, and it's that wide range of information, and not just in graphic design, but you can mention a film, and he can 
I, I mean, I think Michael's the first person that ever told me to watch Showgirls, which was like, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? Really? And he was able to actually like basically recite the lines of an entire section. And I'm like, well, I got to watch it now. If that's the dialogue, I've got to watch it. This yeah. is amazing. You know, but yeah. that it's like that sort of that insatiable like thirst we have for amazing stuff and, and discovery and, and finding things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I had a student the other day, and she'd never been to the library. And I, and I was like, are you kidding? Let's go. We're going together. We're going to go to the school library. I'm going to show you how it works. And I showed her where the books are, showed her how to use the catalog. She fled from the library, like terrified. I have no idea what it was. Like she'd been like tortured in there or something. And I still am like, what is the problem? You know, and I, yeah. I had asked her, I said, well, don't you have any books? Or, oh, I don't have any books. And I'm like, books are like porn to designers. We buy too yeah. many of them. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I spent all my money on books, you know? So yeah. that makes no sense to me. That just yeah. completely mystifies me. And I had a uh, – I took one of those classes. I'm sure you guys have them at your college as well, but uh, kind of like a digital literacy kind of class. Right. And uh, uh, there was, there was an, uh, an example that they talked about in the book or an illustration, I guess, they talked about in the book talking about how our culture today is like jet skiing, whereas reading books is like scuba diving. I'm sure there right. there there have yeah. been different variations of that quote. I'm sure they stole that from somewhere else. Yeah, it's a but, good quote. But it's true. It's true though. And and I kind of found that um, when I first went to college, I would I would go on um, Behance or, or see things that they, that was cool. I want to design like that. But mm -hmm. what, where I really fell in love with design is when I started, you know, reading Michael Beirut's How to. I know that's more of a right. recent book, but things along that line. Um, and really reading every page and just, you know, I'm just going to read one page and then finding yourself 45 minutes later, you know, kind of kind of delving deeper and delving deeper. Um, do you think that, uh, you know, you know a lot of people because of your position that, that are uh, the industry, the, the greats of the industry. Do you think that, that they are all at that place because of their research, because of their real, you know, uh, wanting this to, to learn more? Is, is, is that what makes designers great or do some people just kind of have it? I, th I think that's a really good point. I, I agree with you. I think it is, it's those people that are passionate to learn about anything new that um, you get a project and you don't know how to do it and that's the best part. And you take on something because it's a challenge. Um, that's how I define work that's fun. You know, when people say, well, you, you seem like you just take on fun projects. I'm like, no, I take on challenging projects, things that yeah. challenge me. Otherwise, why bother? Um, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I decided to to shut the firm down and move forward and on another path because we're like, I've done that. Now it's time to try something new. Yeah. And every designer I know is, is that 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 I really respect are just I want to learn more. Oh my god, I just found out this whole amazing thing. I just learned this book. I found this book on physics. You've got to read it. It's yeah. it's you know it's not just graphic design, but. Um, you get obsessed by something. I mean, the, I did I did one Linda.com course on the arts and crafts movement, which about four people have watched. But um, I was one of the four. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, <laughs> I actually they knew it and I knew it. I said this is going to have totally low low viewership, but it we need to do it. We need mm -hmm. to show that we can do a deep dive into something. And I didn't have enough information to to talk about the arts and crafts movement for two and a half hours, but. After I was done with it, I did. I yeah. mean, I and it took a ton of research, and I was like, "Wow, this really changed the way I think about certain things." And I never thought of handling it like that, and um, that was great. I mean, I, and I, I specifically chose it as subject because it was stuff I, I knew the least about. Right. 
that's right. that's cool. You uh, you mentioned uh, Adams Morioka, and I love the work that you did, uh, all, all of it. Um, the I think I um, uh, tweeted to you, uh, or this is this is before we were friends, obviously. That's right. No, but uh, I, I tweeted the um, the stationery for the Academy of the Arts. That stuff was just oh, yeah. fantastic. Uh-huh. It's all great. Oh, but that's the one that always kind of sticks with me. Yeah, that was that was fun. That stuff's in real life. I mean, not like I mean, I the design's so simple. I mean, I, you know, a, a monkey could have done it. Yeah. But the the production on it, I mean, the printing is like that gold foil is embossed. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. And the the mark itself was drawn by Doyle Young, you know, who's an amazing yeah. letter form designer and master. And it was one of the last projects he did before he died. Um, and and I called Doyle because, um, you know, he I knew he was the best and and. He redrew the statuette so right. flawlessly. I mean, and they had never had a consistent statuette icon in their whatever seventy, eighty years of of working. And um, and I, I really love that. It was also when we did the identity system. It was the the typography I had Doyle to also do, and it was an homage to um, the title sequence for Spartacus that Saul Bass had designed. And um, and. He, Doyle had worked on that also, and so it was kind of cool to say, "Okay, fifty years later, let's resurrect this." And yeah. sort of, and the and you know, and and Saul is a reason the Academy had gone to me was Saul had recommended me, you know, and so right. it was like sort of came full circle to you know sort yeah. of pay respect to the greats. That's awesome. And uh, you get you uh, the work that you guys also did, and I know you are doing different projects now. Um, right. It's so funny. Uh, I should just mention this as kind of a side note. Um, that I, I told everyone that I'm having this guy Sean Adams coming on the podcast, and he's you know my favorite designer and, and, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny when I talk to people my age, I'm 24, and when I talk to people right. my age, and I said he's the guy who did the Nickelodeon logo. People are like, "Oh, what? Really? <laughs> like for our generation, that 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 um, you know Mark, and and as well as the Nick Knight too, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, Nick people and. Nick I got Jr. street cred with my friends now because we're we're friends. I have the cool. this is the video proof right here. I think my niece has told all of her friends that not only did I do Nickelodeon, but I did all of Disney. And I'm like, no, Isabel, no. I did not do all of Disney. Okay, like, yeah. but she's just sort of expanded on it, you know, to, yeah. to get even more. Um, but that was that was such a fun project. I mean, I had so, and that was that was a good ten year relationship. It was, yeah, it was. Um, it was, you know, it was great to move from one brand to the next throughout the whole system, and then just and I started out by looking at the system as a whole strategically, and then how to reprogram it, what things to jettison, what things to keep, and that was that was great fun. They were such a fantastic client. Yeah, and and I remember even even being a kid, um, just it, it just seemed so so colorful and so fun, like Slime Time Live, and I did that too. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I don't know if you would say that I'm aging myself. I'm like the opposite of aging myself here. But uh, right, yeah. Summer Sanders was the was the the love of my life at, uh-huh. at the time. So uh, that logo was synonymous with with beauty. That's there. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's <laughs> now it's gone. Now you know, like yeah, bring back Slime Time Live. That's what this podcast yeah. is about today. Bring it back. Exactly. It's so great. It's yeah, that was. Love Slime Time Live, and oh. and I think I went to Kids Choice once. Yeah, never again. You, oh. your ears, you can't. It's like worse than a rock concert. Really, like you, you've never heard so much noise in your life than all those kids screaming at once. Did you come up with the blimp? The bl- the the blimp was before me. The ah. blimp was um, 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 Nash McPherson in um, in Boston, um, and actually, I think the blimp is one of the few things I kept. 
Yeah. Like I, I had gotten rid of almost all of the, the items that all the icons that looked like real things yeah. because I didn't want to confuse the message. And the main point was every time you saw the Nick splat, you saw a character right. so that you automatically would connect SpongeBob with Nickelodeon. Um, because I'd found when, when we had done focus group studies on it, we asked people, well, well what's, what channel is SpongeBob on? And they'd say Disney. So Disney had taken ownership of that, of that product. Right. So it was like, okay, we need that splat next to every single product as often as possible. And if it were like a rocket ship or something like that, then people were like, what well, is that show about rockets? You know, yeah. so I was like, let's just move it away and make it much more the sort of Calder-esque kind of modern art approach of yeah. abstraction. Which was which was fun, but I kept the blimp because I was like, oh, you got to keep the blimp, you know. Yeah. I mean, it definitely worked because I, I haven't, you know, with the exception of like your website, I, I hadn't really like thought about it. But but as a kid, you know, if you if if you were to say like visually, if someone's like my age, visually, what do you remember? They probably say that. Yeah. What, the, what some... um, the splat the, the funny story on the splat logos, the ones that are like really splatty. Yeah. Um, they had they had said you know we had the, these sort of blobby splats. And then, you know, someone in Nickelodeon said, it'd be great if they felt a little more like spit, you know, because kids yeah. like to spit. And everyone in the studio tried so hard to make it look like spit, couldn't do it. And finally, we just decided to just start spitting. And so <laughs> there was a whole lot of spitting on, on paper towels and then scanning that in to get the exact that's shape so right. That's crazy. That's dedication right there. That's, that's, that getting, is, yeah. that's rolling yeah. up your sleeves. Exactly. We put our body body fluids into it. Yeah, I keep I keep seeing um, on people's posts, uh, sorry, people's portfolios. They're like, it's really about like rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. <laughs> I keep hearing that again and again, but it's not about that. Right. It's about spitting and you know image it's tracing spitting, yeah. with the yeah. right, just the right color orange. Um, right. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just have a, a couple more questions for you here. Um, I keep reading articles that talk about uh, Behance and Dribble, and they are great, great platforms, and uh, they're right. very valuable. But uh, you know, there there's kind of concern by the design community because design is really about form and and, and function and, and having a purpose, and that's that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why um, your work and and the work of, uh, of Pentagram um, are are my favorites, and and um, because. There, there's real purpose involved. It's, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. you were saying before about Nickelodeon and with, with um, you know, like Michael Beirut and, and all, you know, with the, the signage systems that they do. That is great because it really solves for the human need. And designers are, 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 are wanting to continue to do that. But with the Internet, everyone's kind of making a portfolio that gets a lot of likes on Behance. And, you know, it's referred mm -hmm. to as like visual porn, which is, you know, right. whoever right. thought of that, kudos to them. Yeah. But, uh, but what's your take on all this? And do you think that design can be this kind of very aesthetically pleasing thing without having function or does it need to do both? That's a really good question. You, you have really good questions. I'm Thank not you. used to that. I'm used <laughs> to just people saying, you know, yeah. really silly ones. But um, mm. it's, it's actually a funny question that, that I, I've been grappling with for a while. And it came up with the AIJ um, competition, the Justified competition. And... The Edge of Justified competition came about because people were complaining, well, it's just a beauty show. So the idea was, well, what if people submit, well, here's the solution and why it was made and the strategic reasons and the problems it solved. And that was great. But I, I sort of feel like we'd swung a little too far to the other side where, you know, we got like 11 entries and they were all bone dry and incredibly like, 
really? That's it? Bevels like, yeah, it makes those. sense. And it's, it's maybe, <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it's not like, wow, I'm going to like put it on my wall, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to Paula Chair about it and, and Paula and I were saying, maybe it's okay sometimes if something fails, but it's amazing. Like half of Paul Rand's work, you would never fit in a justified competition because it, it didn't yield gigantic results or it didn't, or maybe it bombed, you know, mm -hmm. but it moved the profession forward. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to make things wonderful like right. that. So that's where I came out of that was it should solve problems. It should, and, and, and those problems can be as simple as it should make someone feel better that day. It doesn't have to solve the world's problems. Right. Um, right. And it should have some thought behind it. Otherwise, you're just jerking off, you know, right. and it's like, what's the, you know, yeah. make it do something. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I, I think work that is just, you can explain every last bit of it away sometimes loses a little bit of that sort of magic that, that, right. that we can kind of, we put into it. That, that like Vanderbilt always says, he tells the client, look, 75% of this I can explain to you and 25% I can't. Like it's just something I think has to happen. Right. And it's true. It's like, yeah, I can try to logically explain something, but in reality, no, I just did right. it because I liked it. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Um, and I think too that, that something, because I thought about this a lot as well. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to get your take on it. I think that um, that content is, is kind of the, the 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 thing that's kind of putting like the information back because because I look there are so many people that just put out yourself included uh, so much content you just can't keep up and I try and I follow these people on Twitter on purpose so that 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 I will motivate myself to keep you know like making a podcast. This is, you know, right. some people, a lot of people are like, this is crazy. Like, who, who are you no, gonna, I think it's who's going to want to talk to you? Well, here I am with Sean Adams, people. So, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> no, but. Yeah, but I'll go to the opening of a drawer. But, no, yeah. it's, it's because <laughs> it's you, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, you look, you're like, oh, he's a good guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, thank you. But, but, um, but people, you know, I, I look at it like the least I could be doing. You know what I mean? Because I look at, I kind of compare myself to these people who are doing podcasts and having web chats and doing TED Talks and then just it goes on and on and on. I talked to Todd DeWitt last week. I couldn't believe he had time to fit me in his schedule. Um, but I think that content is going to be the, the thing that kind of gets designed back on information because, mm -hmm. you know, media, yeah. medium is getting very popular. You know what I mean? A lot of people are writing and, and, and kind of, and I, I think that, that this, kind of phase where we're seeing look how beautiful this is or you know i made this on live right. surface it's like just because you made it on live surface yeah. doesn't mean that it's great design doesn't it means, mean it's right yeah. it means you put it on a coffee mug and that's a very yeah. beautiful looking coffee mug but it's about the design so hopefully that right. with the rise of content and these discussions opening up and just being able to talk about that i think that would be kind of that will help steer 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 the ship the, the right way again so yeah well i mean i love the idea too like like you doing the podcast is like it's not for you. It's like, I mean, I know that, you know, yeah, in the end, you're going to get some airplay off of it. But in reality, there's going to be someone out there who watches it and maybe it'll spark an idea. Right. Uh, or maybe it'll like, maybe someone's feeling kind of crappy that day and Land sort of down a job at the Pentagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you never know. And then, but then I'm like, you think like, wow, someone out there might be having a crappy day. And then they, right. they watch your podcast and they're like, I never thought of it that way. Okay, I feel a little better about this profession. Yep. Hey, that's worth all the time anyone could put it into anything. Yeah. Um, if I do a speaking engagement, I just figure, hey, if one person out there gets a little something and feels a little inspired, I'm happy to fly 3,000 miles and stay in some scary hotel that has blood on the wall. You know, yeah. well, not happy, <laughs> but I'll do it. 
Well, it'll make for good pictures on Burning Sellers Cabin. And and that's the, yeah, and that's the same thing that I that I had um the the inspiration for this podcast was uh without question was Debbie Millman and, and doing her um her podcast with Design Matters and all the work they do with Design Observers is really great. But yeah. um it was it's funny because she she's so, you know, iconic in the eyes and she's so successful. But when you when they talk about her, when she talks about when she first got started, it was nerves and, and having to talk with someone through, through you know, humble beginnings and, and, and just yeah. hard work and dedication. And it just the next thing you know, it kind of manifested itself into this thing where people could relate. And, and yeah. I'm sure she wasn't expecting to have thousands of viewers and to be noted by Apple and, to, you know, Apple recently right. was which was, you know. Good for her. That's that's awesome, but I, I think but that it's not about it's not about the numbers. Our society, I think yeah. they they want it to be about the num. They, how many views does this get? And and yeah. that's right. not so. I think that people get you know they're looking for that endorphin rush and they're looking for the satisfaction of getting it. It's not really what it's about. What it's about is is you know enjoying the content and about right. you know learning and leveraging and all that great stuff. But so. Yeah, and Debbie's like a great example of like she's doing it because she loves it. It's yes. not, you know, she's famous enough. She could stop tomorrow and then right. she'd be nothing's going to change. Right. Um but she just loves it and she loves being out there helping people and and really working with them and that's that's what makes her so incredibly special and yes. and I I think yes. that's something you sort of have to like, you know, address is this idea of like okay, you got to got to give back a little. You got to send the elevator back right. down. You know, you got to like like Help others and yeah. move them along, yeah. and that's what's so great about the design community design. Is, is that there are people yeah. like yourself. I mean, you have—I'm sure you have better things to do than be sitting here with me. But but if you reach out, I was amazed. All the people I reached out to, for the most part, got back. And uh, well, once I'm done, ask a busy person. That's true. You're busy for a reason because you're getting it done. <laughs> yes, you get stuff done. Listen, Sean, I don't want to keep you all day, but thanks so much for coming on. Um, My pleasure. This has been fun. I had I had all these questions here. I got to uh -huh. about I got to about a fourth of them, but you're you're the kind of guy I could probably talk to all day. So this well, my fun. grandmother used to say I could talk to a signpost, so that's probably true. That's true. You could recite <laughs> the uh, the the alphabet, and it would still sound I, awesome. No, it was just he's like you just talk and talk and talk. Shut up, for God's yes, sake. That's true. Uh, but just really quick though, as a last thing, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody like myself who's graduating from college, um, and and I read with your interview with Michael Beirut again, we should count mm -hmm. how many times we've said it. Uh, I read with your interview that the last question should always be, uh, you know, what's your advice? What's the future of design and, and, and advice and things like that? So, so what right. is it? Let's hear it. <laughs> the, my best advice is relax. Yeah. Like good people don't slip through the cracks. Good mm -hmm. people will succeed. It will take. It may take longer than you want, but that's what life's like. Um, and your career is built on a series of successes, not just one, and not just one failure. It's right. like, so it's just, it's, it's, it's long haul. You just get in there, but yeah. just relax. Yeah, good people never slip through the cracks. I've never, ever seen it happen. Really? That's, that's my problem is that I'm, I'm always, but we're comparing ourselves constantly. That's the problem yeah, with our generation yeah. is we have, we see these people and we see the end result. We see, you know. Right. Yeah. You don't see the 20 years of, of things going down you know, down the drain fast or like, you know, <laughs> sitting on, the, sitting on, on your way home crying, you know, you don't see that part. You just yeah. see the like, oh, I got some fancy finished work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, My pleasure. this has been awesome.